Mount's in the middle. And what a finish that is. Mason Mount. That is extraordinary from Fikayo Tamori. Loses Callum Hunt to the door. And there it is. His first goal. For Chelsea, the teenager, a moment he will remember. Hello and welcome back to the Chelsea Sport Podcast. I'm Orlando and today I'm joined, as usual nowadays, by Parth. How are you doing, mate? I'm doing great, mate. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Yeah, uh, we're recording just after the um, brilliant 6-1 win, Chelsea under-23s over Man United. Um, and we've got a special guest to discuss that and a few other games with us. Um, he's newly become one of our writers on the Chelsea Spot, which is great for us, but he's also got a quite... A uh, recognisable name. That's welcome, welcome to the pod, Zach Soonsop Bell. Thanks for joining us, Zach. How are you doing? Great to be here. Great to finally be on it. Yeah, looking forward to discussing this stuff for you with you. So we're gonna talk about obviously the the twenty threes games. We're also, firstly, gonna um, spend a little bit of time discussing uh, Chelsea first team's defeat to Wolves a few days ago, and then we're gonna. Um, go into a preview of the West Ham game coming up soon. But first of all, I actually wasn't able to watch uh, the game against Wolves. <laughs> quite lucky, I think. That's the, the first one in ages that I've missed. But quite lucky that it was one that didn't go so well, I guess. But So I'll just open that one up to you. What, what are your thoughts on that game, Zach? Um, yeah, I mean, it's just... Uh, it was a really first one that up against, you know, in the second half, you're thinking, surely we've got to go and get another uh, Drew's Pearl Pack. Um, yeah, it just it hit the second half. Timo and Havertz obviously getting a, get, get a fair bit of stick about, about their performance. They haven't really got bad. Timo being the top goal scorer at the club of goals, but uh, even I got a little bit more from him. Uh, Havertz, yeah, he's, he's, he hasn't quite hit the ground running either. It's a bit of a shame. Uh, the price he paid for them, I'm hoping that you know in the coming games, maybe best time on Monday, we can see something different. Both. Yeah, um, summarise that pretty well. I think I tweeted at half-time, like, this is one of those games where, OK, we're ni- it's nil-nil, but we- we're going to get the goals because we've got the ability. And when we got one, I thought two, three, four was coming, um, like the Sheffield, like the Leeds, Crystal Palace, etc. But it just didn't come. And that was the most disappointing because, um, yeah, we- we've seen the attack this season done so well and they just couldn't get anything going. Um so that was disappointing. I think one thing is Giroud and Werner, I don't think it works at all because don't get me wrong, individually, they've got their, they can do their thing and Giroud's been firing goals. But I, I really think this was a game for Tammy. First of all, he scored his hat-trick last season against Wolves um, and it allows Timo to go a lot more central. Uh, and one thing which Tammy does over Giroud is the pace and the pressing, which... Drew does well, but Tammy's a lot better pressing wise and it, it allows Timo to really run in behind. So that's where I think we'll probably see Tammy start on Monday. Mm, I do love Giroud, but I think he is sometimes a bit of a statue, if, if that's fair to say, yeah. which he, yeah, he just kind of... Yeah, yeah. But it really kind of limits Timo's ability to run in behind, which we all know is one of his best attributes. So with him kind of always standing still on the centre-backs. It's not really stretching them. It's not really opening up space for Werner. And I think that's something that Tammy does really well, slightly something that fans don't perhaps pick up on as much. But I think, well, it doesn't go unnoticed to me, at least. He's really good at kind of creating space for others. And 
you know, thinking about the different runs that his teammates are going to be making. And I guess for me, obviously, I didn't watch the game, so I can't comment on the specific events. But what I will say is that I have said quite a few times that I thought the expectations for us this season have been too high. I mean, there's all this stuff on social media that we're now seeing after the loss. Oh, Chelsea haven't beaten a team in the top 10 this season, blah, blah, blah. Um, I think that is a little bit over the top because I do think, obviously, we're... We're, we've done very well and we're doing well but I do think some of the stuff that people are saying you know better squad than Liverpool we're miles off both Liverpool and Man City and I said that at the beginning of the season I think we all know that now but it was kind of that this result has kind of perhaps brought us back down to reality um, that and, and the Everton result as well because yeah, if you think about it, Liverpool, Man City, both of them have been building their team for what three or four years, building their squad, lots of money. Obviously, we spent a lot of money, but it's primarily been on young players who are still settling into the league, settling with their new teammates, and still have you know a lot to improve on. Um, they also both have elite managers, and as much as I love Frank Lampard, he's far from being an elite manager. So I think it's just unfair to compare us to those two teams, really. But yeah, um, let's move on. Um, Chelsea under 23, 3-2 Spurs under 23. What a crazy game. Um, the first half performance, though, it has to be said, from Chelsea was pretty dire, wasn't it? Yeah, I would say the opening half an hour. I'd say once we switched uh, to the fourth, the 3-4-2-1, mm, yeah. I think you know that's when our attack goes into fruition. That's where we really thrive. I think getting the likes of Tino going down that wing. I wrote before, I'm, I'm a massive fan of Tino. Uh, Lee Romano, that is. Going down the right, just creating, non-stop running for 90 minutes. Uh, yeah, I thought the, the second half was class, actually. And Well, from the th- from the half an hour mark onwards, I thought we were brilliant. We've got to talk about that crazy brawl with two red cards afterwards. But my favourite part about it was the, the antics from Miles but Harris, which actually gave him a yellow card that meant he was <laughs> today's game. But I, I, I think maybe... Zach, you're shaking your head, but I see the funny side of it. Yeah, no, I definitely, definitely see the funny, funny side of it. I'm more shaking my head at the fact that he got a yellow. I'm quite gutted about that, really. I mean, you look back yeah. at it and it's, it's gentle. It brushes, it brushes. It's, you know, it's, it's nothing. So, yeah, it's, that and, and especially after scoring two, it'd be nice to see him in the game, but yeah, obviously not. Wasn't yeah, but I guess the brawl itself, what it was initiated by horrendous tackle from Alfie Devine, who I thought was is a shame because he's only 16. He's a really talented young player and he played pretty well, actually, up until that point. A horrendous tackle on Danny Drinkwater, who, who lashed out and deserved red cards for both of them. But, I mean, there are lots of different takes on this that I was seeing on social media. Do you think Drinkwater was within his rights to lash out, Path? Um, you know what? It was Chelsea Spurs. I wrote it from him. I rate it, right? He's yeah, he's professional. He's 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 an older one. He probably shouldn't be lashing out, but it's Chelsea Spurs, and it kind of I just thought of it now. It really reminded me of our two-two game versus them at the Bridge uh, in the fifteen-sixteen season. Bridge, yeah. yeah, when we stopped them from winning the league, it's, it's sort of that sort of two-nil down. But this time we actually got the win. Um, but there was lots of feisty tackles. Um, but yeah, like going back to what you said, I, I think. It's, it's disappointing from Dritton Quarter and he's now going to get a three-match ban, which is probably not what he wants. But uh, I, I I do rate it a little bit. <laughs> I, I have to say, I, I definitely feel for him. I really do, because 
you know, with Danny, he's obviously 30 now, probably just trying to get back fit, you know, just trying to get minutes where he can. And if you've seen the tackle back, it is a horror challenge, a proper mm. snapper. And mm. if he catches him wrong, you know, that's him out for a while. And that's just the last thing he wants. So you can sort of see him, he sees red a little bit. And I think you, a player like that can be forgiven in a way. I know a lot. I, I well, in my opinion, I think a lot of senior players are going to react like that if they're if they're in a you know an under twenty three match, just looking to get fitness and then getting snapped like that. Albeit, yeah, it was a, a London derby, so yeah, like you said, it can be expected. Mm, I just like the way you often see people saying, "Oh, under twenty threes football, youth football has has no feistiness to it," and then you look at the amount of cards in the match, about seven yellow cards for each. Um, yeah. Eight, eight yellows and two reds, was it not? Something crazy Something like, like that. that yeah. yeah, crazy. Yeah, I mean, the bookings, a lot of them came from the uh, the brawl, no? And then, um, yeah, the two reds, yeah. Shame to see, really, but, uh, yeah, not 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 too, uh, not too unsurprising. Especially uh, going from two goals down, two goals to bring it back to two all. You know, tempers are, tempers are flying, you just want to win. So, yeah, I mean, it's not too unsurprising, but still a shame for both the players involved. Mm, I think... Something that is slightly obligatory for me to see as a ref. You have to give credit to the ref in that game. I think he, he did a really good job to hold it all together. And I don't think, well, Zach, you expressed a little bit of discontent over Miles's yellow card. But I think, to be fair, pretty much all of the cards he, he showed, and there were a lot of them, were, were really, you know, the right decision. Um, so, so credit to the ref there. Um, but we have to talk about Miles Perthouse's display. Obviously, he was... Um, I think, actually, we were saying before the game part that it was a little bit surprising that he wasn't starting, but he really showed to Andy Myers why he should have been starting when, when he came on and got that match-winning brace, didn't he? Mm, I think um, we were discussing this. I think he had a bit of a difficult start to the season, not knowing where he should be playing, you know, the sort of role. But in the last few weeks, um, he's been really he's been playing really well. And I say that, he still was picking up the goals and assists um, whilst he was playing a bit off. So that's what was really encouraging. And now he's putting in good performances and getting the goals and assists. Um, but he, he's looking really special. He's got a really nice eye for the goal. Um, and people compare him to like Loftus-Cheek and Andrin. I think he's different as in he's not that physical. Yeah, he's got an eye for goal. But he, he, he's a different type of player. Um, but yeah, he, he's been really impressive, as well as Marcel Lewis, who I'm sure we're going to discuss later on as well. Yeah, so, yeah, as you say, the eye for goal. I think he's got five goals this season, I believe. I know he got one against Man City, one against Leicester, obviously the two in that game. So really good form of him. Um, and it's interesting to see because the Chelsea Academy, we've mentioned this on previous pods, but tend to play that sort of 3-4-2-1 shape in quite a lot of their their sides up the age groups um, and that did create this sort of predicament for Miles when he came into the side playing 4-3-1 was he a winger was he a 10 was he a centre mid from playing that kind of I don't really know what to call it inside 10 inside forward role in the 3-4-2-1 like one of the two for so many years but I guess there's also the other viewpoint that that versatility is a good thing and it means that he can play different roles because we have seen him play multiple different roles this season, haven't we, Zach? Yeah, definitely. Like um, what you were saying then about uh, him being versatile, I think him chopping and changing position is 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 at the time maybe thinking, oh, I, I, I can't, like he's, he's, he hasn't found the, uh, the position for him yet, but he's managed to um, find his, his sort of uh, a, a position that he, he's suiting well at the minute. Like you mm. said, the two roles, um, 
it's got a, a nice grace about him, Miles, like you said, um, Perry, as well, about him being a big lad, but him, yeah, like having a having a nice elegance about him when he plays and then getting on the goals as well. Yeah, he's, he's, he's been classy uh, since I've started watching the youth. Yeah, I completely agree. But as we said, he was suspended for today's game against Man United. But with him out, um, well, I guess we were boosted by the return uh, to under-23 action for Tino Andrin, who has spent the last few weeks with the first team. But, you know, wow, what a display. I think the first talking point that I'm going to come to, it has to be Jude, your brother, Zach, because it was on his, his first PL2 start. Not only did he score a fantastic goal, weak foot outside the box, won the back ball himself, won the ball back himself, and and drove at the defence and scored a really nice finish. But I thought throughout the game, United played three at the back. He was he was a lone striker. All three United defenders were England youth internationals, all older than Jude, obviously, all quite a lot bigger, more physically developed. And in all the duels, he was holding his own. He came out on top more often than not, it seemed to me. And it was just a really, really um, impressive display, don't you think? Um, yeah, I mean, I obviously, I'm going to... I loved it. I'm biased. <laughs> I, 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 I loved it. Um, yeah, going 1-0 up, I thought, that early, I thought, you know, this could be a cricket score. You know, we, we are a good, good academy. I really, really do think that us and Man City are, are, are bound, elite, uh, probably a few, a leap from bounds ahead of um, the other academies in the league, I think. Sitting at the top now, City second. Um, yeah, we're looking good. Jude today, like you said, Orlando, just even it surprises me sometimes some of the things that he does because uh, obviously <laughs> I haven't seen him play in person for years. I, I I remember him back when he was young, and he was he was doing he was doing similar things. So now seeing him do it at this level, at this caliber of football, is amazing. And uh, I just hope he just you know can continually stay in the dev squad. You know, keep getting goals for the 18s and the and the youth team. It'd just be it'd be amazing if he could. Yeah, and, you know, not only was he in the goals, but he was also really um, impressive, I thought, at bringing his other teammates into play, you know, his, his pressing up top. And we saw Tino Andrin and Marcel Lewis both get braces. A word on both from, from you, Parth. Choose, choose which one to go with first. Uh, first of all, I'd say Zach's being way too modest on Jude there. Uh, <laughs> Jude was really good. Um, I think... He was he was getting used to his teammates as well um, because he he's only played well before this game. He only played like what was it forty five minutes um, with uh, with the under twenty three. So he was really linking up well. Um, I'll talk about Marcel Lewis because I'll leave the the easy one, I guess, and you know Andrew and to you two. But uh, I said it six months ago when we did that pod with, when I did that pod with you, Orlando, that he really gives me Lewis Baker vibes uh, in the fact that they're both uh, he's got sorry both really strong right and left foot. And he presses really well. I think he's one of the best pressing midfielders I've seen in a while. And in the three at the back formation, he's really found his boots uh, in the in that sort of left-sided attacking um, role. Um, I, I'm, I'm, getting, I'm, I'm impressed by him every single week. He's scoring goals, getting assists. Um, yeah. All right. Yeah, I, I think just to pick up on what you're saying about the pressing, I think he's one of the most energetic players I have ever seen. Like, he just does not stop. There are quite a few players like that in this team, to be fair. Lewis Bates, Tino Livermento, I think they, they all never stop running. But Marcel, especially like in his pressing, he, he never gets his angles wrong. He always knows exactly what he's doing, where he's showing the defender, if he's pressing the ball, if he's pressing like um, one, one of the passing options for the man on the ball. He, he knows exactly what to do. Yeah, and, and 
for me as well with Marcel, all the things you're naming about his um his physical attributes, you know, like heaps of pressing and and, uh, and things like that. But he also has, you know, you forget that his technical attributes. He's got a great oh, yeah. strike on him, scores some amazing free kicks in his time. Um, you know, can shoot on both feet. Uh, good with the ball as well. Great passer, getting the goals and assists. So yeah, he's really coming to his own at the, at the beginning of the season. I think well throughout this uh, the youth season so far. No, yeah, I completely agree. It's great to see him flourishing because I I did think he struggled slightly last year. Again, a bit like like Miles with a slight identity crisis. He was playing ten quite a lot last year, and I didn't think that suited him particularly well. And he's now almost exclusively played a wider sort of winger role this season. I think that suits him much better. Um, but Tino Andrin, I mean, what can we say about this guy? He was magnificent, wasn't he? Yeah, first team ready. Definitely is what I think. I think, um, you know, he comes into the under-23 size and you see him on the team sheet and you know he's going to do damage. That's what I need today. You know, he's he, he does look uh, statuesque on the pitch. Just but so good with the ball. So good at finding the right pass. He, he runs all the time. Getting on the goals. So, yeah, there's, there's really not too much left to say about him, really. Just hopefully to see him in the first team soon. Maybe against West Ham on Monday. What do you think about the prospect of him going on loan because I know this has been a discussion that lots of Chelsea fans have had where does he go on loan I thought maybe prior to this week prior to two weeks ago everybody was sort of expecting him to go on loan in January and it was just about where really but now this sort of idea is coming up that maybe he should stay um, because he's got that first team involvement he seems I guess the game against Krasnodar maybe helped form that opinion because we saw how good he was at mixing up with the big guns you know he, he showed no signs of kind of being any less good than any of the seasoned pros so I guess do you think he stays do you think he goes on loan what there are positives and negatives of both I guess I think one thing which you may want to keep in for is the fact we've now got nine subs don't we from West Ham onwards and mm. he he pretty much could make the squad every single time I, I'm thinking someone like him or Henry Lawrence uh who Henry Lawrence can literally play in every single position. He can be a really like helpful player to have in the squad. Um, we've heard some things. I think Tino Andrin's looking likely to go on loan. Um, championship looks like a real possible destination. Um, but I, I wouldn't mind whether where, if, if he stayed. But I would if he stayed. I, I don't really want him playing that much of 23's football. Yeah, he can use it for a bit of development here and there. But uh, he really should be around the first team uh, picture. No, I agree. I just think the other thing which someone mentioned to me was, yes, it's great if he goes on loan um, and plays regularly in his favourite position, whatever. But you also have to remember that he's a very injury prone player. And if, you know, obviously playing regularly is a good thing. But if you think about the positives of being with the first team, travelling to every away game, seeing how the the best pros prepare for every game and train uh, and being with them for so long you have to think that there there are probably more, well, in my opinion, I would say there are probably more positives there than going out. Well, yeah, it's a hard one. I, I don't really know what I think, to be quite honest. No, yeah, I mean, I, I probably couldn't comment on that either because I've, you know, I've, I've obviously known about Andrew for a, a, a while, but I don't know where he'd be suited. I mean, I, just to echo what um what Paris said um about, yeah, if he stays here, he just needs to be in the in the first team. He needs to be in and around that first team rather than the twenty threes. Maybe the odd game, like you said. But yeah, if he goes out on loan, I don't think that will hinder him at all. I think going out on loan can only make 
a young 19-year-old better. I think if he goes into the championship, gets regular minutes, you know, he's going to become, you know, he's going to fulfil the potential that he, he definitely has. Mm, yeah, no, I agree. I just think loans can be volatile, especially, you know, when we've seen, I guess, a good example would be recently Conor Gallagher doing so well with West Brom. Now Sam Allardyce has come in and we've got no idea if he's yeah. going to play, what sort of role he's going to play. So it can be, there can be problems, put it that Ethan way. Ethan do um, as well. Ethan Ampadu. Yeah, exactly. I had a yeah. terrible loan at Leipzig and, we, well, Same Sheffield on Yeah, yeah. Sheffield. Yeah. We don't, I, I, I saw he was in the lineup yesterday. I checked through the replies of Sheffield United tweet and they're like, Ampadu starting. I was like, what? Um, mm. He's a really good player and they're disappointed that he's dying. So something's gone on there. Um, so again, I would, I'd even contemplate keeping him for the next six months. We're sort of lacking that uh, defensive midfield sort of player. He's probably would be our number one defensive midfielder. He's more of a defensive midfielder than Kante is. Um, so yeah, that's something to contemplate as well. No, I agree. I think, yeah, you have to... I've seen discourse about this on Twitter last few days you have to consider recalling Ampadu Gallagher maybe two of them I guess something I've been thinking about yes Conor Gallagher will probably play under Sam Allardyce but it's most likely to be a wide midfielder role in a 4-4-2 which is really just kind of going to be him using skills that he already has and it's not really going to develop him if that makes sense so I would I would almost definitely recall him in January to be honest but yeah so moving on obviously that was an amazing game 6-1 um no one really expected that um but there's now no game until january the 15th but i believe 8th of january something like that early january is the fa cup game against morecambe um so I guess the question is, which players do you think are deserving of playing? Because obviously, Morecambe, as a League Two side, are the type of team that Chelsea under-23s would be playing in the EFL Trophy. So it's not like they're going to actively be struggling. But then you also have to consider there are players in the Chelsea first-team squad who need minutes. It is a really important part of keeping a winning side winning that the, the rotation players still play. Um, so I guess maybe we're thinking two, three, four players playing against Morecambe. Which ones do you think it should be? Um, I'd like to see Henry Lawrence uh, as one mm. of them, definitely, to make his debut, 100%. Um, just like, he, like or just to reiterate, he can play anywhere. Uh, he definitely deserves that shout, I think. Um, uh, Tino, uh, Faust Tino, that is, and uh will probably get some minutes, I assume. Um yeah, other than that, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to throw anything out there that uh, just isn't going to happen. If you know what I mean, I, I, I think you know, Perry, you can take this one from me actually, if you want, and, uh, and throw a few more names in. There. Yeah, I think. Uh, I think. Yeah, you're right. Those two definitely have a really good chance if they're not already out on loan. Um, yeah. Lewis Lewis Bate probably has a shot. He trained with the first team a lot at the end of last yeah. season. Uh, someone who we actually haven't talked about a lot uh, this episode. Um, but again, had a really good performance today. Um, maybe Livermento. Um, but you've got to remember that, as Orlando said, you've got to keep your first team players happy, the ones who aren't playing. And we saw that against Krasnodar, was that 
that actually may have started our bad run of form since Krasnodar we've drawn and then we've lost two in a row um, which isn't great um, so they, they need to get sharp um, fitness wise and they, they've got to be happy around the club otherwise it's going to just cause first team morale issues yeah. yeah, I think we saw against Grimsby last year, I remember we had Grimsby in the cup. I think Billy Gilmore and Mark Gurhey started, but it was Andrew and Martin who, who came off the bench. So it was only two <clears throat> academy players starting, really. Um, so I think that's similar to what you can expect for the game against Morecambe. Yeah, I, was, I wanted to um, just echo what you said, Perry, about um, Lewis Bay, how we, don't, how we haven't spoke about him. When I think that's just down to his consistency in the performances in yeah. recent weeks. You know what I mean? He's just so easily brushed over when really in midfield, he's a terrier. He's running for 90 minutes. He's putting in hard tackles. The, the clip we saw earlier today, uh, yeah, it just like sums him up down to a tip. Yeah, I was going to say. Quick feet, it's just quality. I was going to say, I, I, I had to clip that from the game and tweet it out. It was something that I thought really sums up Lewis as a player. So he, he was dribbling and he kind of stumbled a bit, fell over and Shola Shortire came and smashed the ball right into his stomach. I don't know how he didn't get winded. And then while Lewis's teammates were appealing for a foul, and I think Shortire was perhaps arguing with the ref or something, Lewis just got straight up. (laughs) Amazing piece of skill. And he's gone past Shortire, who then fouls him, and he wins the free kick. And I think it was a yellow for Shortire. So it just really sums up Lewis's play so good but you know throughout the game obviously he does so much more than that but he gets so much work done between the boxes he's beautiful on the ball decision making brilliant um and yeah just range of passing as well i think it is one of the things that i most admire about his game it's just and the fact that even his short passes the ones which you would think are simple for a footballer you can still look at them and think wow that's a great pass the amount of kind of consideration he puts into them onto his players strong feet the amount of force that he puts into them the drive um and he's also a really good dribbler actually i don't think people people take that into account enough and he's got a wonder strike in him as well wonder the left foot he really does he's got a bit of everything what you just what you need as a defensive defensive midfielder really no yeah i agree i think We've had this discussion on the pods before, but um, I think we, we mentioned it with Joe Tweedy, but Lewis Bate, Billy Gilmore, will that decision have to be made in a few years? Who knows? We, we talked about Conor Gallagher also in the mix. So many players. But <laughs> yeah, I think that's a dilemma I don't think we really want to talk about for now. To, to be quite honest, so we'll move on. We'll move on. Um, we're going to have a think about uh, the upcoming game for the first team against West Ham on Monday night. So we heard in, in Frank Lampard's press conference today that uh, Callum Hudson-Odoi and Hakim Ziyech are back in training, but only as of today, that's Friday. Um, so they're probably most likely only fit to be on the bench rather than starting. It probably comes slightly too soon. Christian Pulisic played 90 minutes against Wolves after just coming back from injury. I don't know if that was the best idea. I, For that reason, I'm not sure if he'll start at West Ham. He probably will. But will it be a good idea? I'm not so sure. Um, so considering, you know, his history with things like that, I think Frank Lampard, that's one criticism I would make of him. He is sometimes too eager to rush players back from injury too too early. Um, but with that in mind, thinking about the starting eleven, we really don't have many wingers, at least from the start. Um, 
West Ham tend to play with two defensive midfielders in Declan Rice and Thomas Suchek. So you have to consider, is this really a game for Havertz? I'm a big fan of him. Obviously, he hasn't had the greatest start, but I'm just thinking about the opposition directly. How much joy would he get? Maybe you put him on the wing. What do you think? I was thinking about this today. Um, I think you play... The four, I think you play like the four three three or four to three one, but you you don't play Havertz. I think you play one of Gilmore or Kovacic. Um, I think that's just because Kai Havertz um, has been off it, as you said. And something which I've seen on the timeline, which is a bit interesting, is do you give him the Christian Pulisic treatment like last season? Do you ease him into the Premier League? Now, I I just I don't think you should be. So, and it's well, already too late, isn't it? Yeah, it is a bit too late. And Pulisic didn't he he didn't play in a lot of games last season. Um so I, I it is too late, I think. Um but I think you, you gotta give Havertz his chance and you've got to give him time. Lampard keeps on saying give him time. He's he's twenty he's younger than Mason Mount. So um that that sums up. I, I would I would play I'd play Gilmore, Kante, Mount midfield and I'd risk Werner and Pulisic out wide again with the time up front. I think something I would do if we are going to play that midfield three, I would make it more of a 4-2-3-1 than a 4-3-3. Um, because obviously, Mounts looked brilliant deeper um, this season, but I think his his pressing will be really useful in this game. Um, so play him higher up, perhaps get him combining with Werner, who I can only assume must start, considering the lack of of players we really have. But I think... Yeah, Tammy Abraham, Olivier Giroud, I think Tammy has to start. But, you know, it has been a while since Wolves. It will have been six days um, on Monday night. So it's not like Giroud will be too tired. Yeah, um, yeah, you're right. And the question is, do you do you rest Thiago Silva as well? I, I thought mm. he wasn't going to play against Wolves, um, but he did. He got 90 minutes and he... He started making a few errors in his last two games, Everton and Wolves. He started making a few silly errors, which is fair enough, to be honest. He's old and he's he's, he's getting used to the Premier League. He, he doesn't have time to get used to the Premier League, but he's getting used to it. Um, so he will make mistakes, but he, yeah, he's been incredible. Um, yeah, it's, well, it's I'll hard. say, in terms of Thiago Silva, I don't think this is the game to rest him in at all um, because I'm pretty sure West Ham are either the best or at least one of the best teams from set pieces this season. Aaron Cresswell has about five mm. assists just from, from corners and, and got Thomas Suchek as well, who loves yeah. Erda, the big man and in CDM. The other, point, the other point, last season, Mikhail Antonio absolutely <laughs> ran riot against, I think, Christensen and Rudiger it was. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, uh, I'm not so sure. And Sebastian Allaire is in great form. And they have a really, really good winger duo in Saeed Benrahma and Jared Bowen. I love that pairing. Mm. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Just naming off the the, the, the West Ham lineup there, you've got a few of the players. You know, they are very, very, very decent. You've got a few very decent players that can cause a lot of trouble. You know, um, like you said, Alex Bowen and uh, Benrahma. Saeed Benrahma was a big fan of him um, <clears throat> while he was at Brentford, um, doing class now. Well. Yeah, was doing class then. Run, he could easily run right against Chelsea. Hundred percent, he's a, a top player. Um, yeah, but Declan Rice and CDM, I'll definitely be keeping an eye out for him. <laughs> I mean, I see on the timeline every day about uh, Chelsea. Declan Rice. I, I, I can see why. I, I've loved Declan Rice for about two years now. I've, um, <clears> I've heard stories about Declan about the, 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 the 
when I started um, taking a notice of him was when I heard the story. I, this could be completely rubbish, but I heard a story about um, an under-18 game between West Ham and Arsenal, and Arsene Wenger was watching and said the best player on the pitch was Declan Rice. And it was from that mm. point on. Yeah, I mean, I mean don't quote me on that. <laughs> He's rubbish, but... I like the notion of that, that, you know, Declan yeah. Rice, you know, looking at him, you wouldn't think he's got the, the touch or the grace of, of, a, of a football, of, you know, uh, a smaller footballer. You know, he's so statuesque, he's got a big frame, but he's so good with the ball. Passing range is class, yeah, I'm a big fan of Declan Rice, so I'll, I'll be keeping an eye on him on Monday. Have you seen that video of him with the F2? Yeah, yeah so that's, that's <laughs> that video as well. It's just the tech as he yeah. displays is just off the charts a lot of the time. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, yeah, definitely one to keep an eye on. And you also mentioned Socek. I remember last season, I think he scored twice against us, didn't he, from corners. One was offside. I'm pretty sure Azpilicueta was marking him. Yeah. 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 Hopefully we can yeah. sort that out. Um, yeah. <laughs> I've just looked it up as well. Um, yeah, you're right about the, the Wenger and Declan Rice story. Uh, spot wow. on. So, after 20 minutes... Right. Yeah, after 20 minutes, Arsene Wenger had decided he had seen enough. That's what the standard said, so we'll go with that. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, to be fair, it doesn't really surprise me because I do remember watching him in a few under-23 games for West Ham. And like you said, Zach, it's quite clear that his technical ability is really kind of evident in the way he plays. And it's weird because, as you said, it's not something that you would necessarily think of if you saw him as a footballer but I think something that people don't pick up on he is actually really agile for his size like he changes direction really quickly um and it's just it's just surprising he's pretty quick as well he's got everything big fan <laughs> big fan of Declan he's got everything Declan to there. Chelsea January yeah, 2021 Chelsea. I saw that um, an £80 million bid is getting rejected for him, though, no matter what, which is a shame, considering as well, because uh, we let him go when he was eight. I actually didn't know that. I really didn't. But, you know, you can never I think tell it was 14, him. actually, 14, when he was 14. 14. But, yeah. But then you can never tell, really, can you, at that age, you know, because he's still years of growth in him. So he's obviously just become a proper, proper player. I think, yeah, I don't see any reason why, you know, thinking logically ignoring those reports, we're not necessarily sure if they're true or not, but just thinking logically, yeah. there's no reason why West Ham would let him go in the middle of the season. Like, it, it doesn't really make any sense. They're obviously going to get a big fee for him at some point. It, it, they're not mm. going to care when. Um, so they wouldn't want it to be in the middle of the season. Um, but yeah, so with that in mind, everything that we've said, predictions for the game? doesn't necessarily just have to be score anything you, you, specific event that you think might happen uh, I think there'll be a red card um, I don't know who London one, one of the sides London derby uh, Shane there's no fans and that's really disappointing um, but I'll, I'll go with I'll go with 2-1 Chelsea I always say that Chelsea are going to win in any fixture um, so I'll go I'll go 2-1 to us is, is, is this at um West Ham or is it at the bridge? At the bridge, I believe. It is. At the yeah. Bridge. Oh, that's that's. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna go. I'm yeah, gonna it three, is. I'm gonna go three one. Three one, Chelsea. Yeah. That's all. Yeah, I can't see us keeping a clean sheet. I do actually think we'll concede from a set piece, um, just because that hasn't happened in a while, and it always happens when it hasn't happened in a while. So, um, you know, there's never a long period without Chelsea conceding from a set piece. Um, so. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say three one as well. 
I think Tammy is due a goal. I think Tammy will, will score. Um, and I'm going to say a defender will score. I think Reese James will score. He hasn't scored in a while. I'll say, mm. I'll say Reece James. He hit the post, didn't he, against Everton? Um, yeah. So, yeah, hey, goal's coming. I've just seen a video as well. Uh, just to refresh with Charlie Massonda's back training with the 23s. Uh, wow, well, he's back brilliant. in Tottenham today. Wow. So, that's, that's really good news, actually. Charlie. I think. You know, I was thinking this today. I actually saw his last game live. It was for Chelsea under-23s, lost 1-0 against Derby. The captain of the team that day was uh, was um, Tammy Abraham. It included Mark Gurhey, Callum Hudson-Odoi, Tariq Lamptey. Um, I don't know, all sorts of other players. Josh Grant, uh, Luke McCormick. Um, and they lost 1-0 to Derby. And this was at the beginning of 1920. No, sorry, the beginning of 1819, bef- just before Tammy went on loan to Aston Villa and scored 25 goals in the championship. And he, yeah, so it's just... And that... and it, char- Sorry, I forgot to mention, Charlie Masonda got sent off. So he got two yellows and he got oh, sent really? off. And then he went off to Vitesse and ruptured his ACL in training. <sighs> I'm pretty sure that was his last game. So Straight luck. Straight luck. So it's been, I'm pretty sure it's been over two two years. Or wait, wait, is that three years? I think it's three years actually. Yeah, it's been three years. It's um, crazy. See, I, I'm not that familiar with Charlie Masson. I know he's a player with loads and loads of flair, but you know, I'd, I'd I'd love to see him play for the 23 soon and just 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 to see him back in action. Yeah, yeah. he's just he he's supremely talented. Like it's such a shame all his injuries, but yeah, one of one of the most talented players I've seen play for Chelsea 23s, just in terms of what he does with the ball. You know, obviously there are other players who are, I guess the word talented is something that is slightly uh, volatile because when you talk about talent, that people often think of that as ball striking ability or dribbling. But then I could also argue that, for example, Henry Lawrence is amazingly talented off the ball, but people wouldn't necessarily see that as the same thing. Um, but just in terms of pure kind of ability on the ball, I think yeah, Charlie Masonda amazing, and it would be it would be brilliant to see him back. I, I'm always scared that he'll just get another injury, uh, but hopefully this is the last of it. I, I hope they don't. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see him in action for a good few more months. They'll just be wanting to really, really build up his strength, build up his confidence, mm. um, and, and hopefully we we see him back balling. But yeah, that wraps it up. Really, it's been nice chatting to you, Zach. Thanks for joining us. Hey, it's been great. It's been great. It's been a long time in, in the coming on. A long time in work, yeah. time in work, I reckon. It's, it's good to be here. It's been, good. It's been no, a good, I agree. good fun. I'm glad you enjoyed it. And I'm sure we'll have you back on at some point. Thanks, Pari, for joining me as well. Cheers. It was a really nice episode. Great discussion. Yeah, I enjoyed it as well. So, yeah, thank you for listening. That wraps it up, really. Make sure to check out all our social media platforms. Uh, as usual twitter we posted all the gifts from of the goals from today's game if you haven't seen them the highlights are probably out by now but watch our gifts because they're better um (laughs) and make sure to check out our website as well with some very nice articles from all of us three actually and some some other great writers so yeah that wraps it up and we will see you next time thanks for listening